HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. <laughs> Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a podcast about all things edible, spreadable, and pourable with me, your host, Tom Cruise, jumping on a couch. And me, Katie Holmes, divorcing your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Hey, Katie, I'm sorry it didn't work out between us, but... Well, at least we have our beautiful daughter, Suri, or whatever our daughter's name is. <laughs> Do you think that that's what the iPhone, like, servant is named after? The Cruz's daughter, or opposite? Um, hard to say. I don't remember which came first. The Surrey or the Surrey. <laughs> Wait, it's Siri is the lady in the oh, phone. Oh, sure, sure. Or Surrey with the fringe on top, that song they're singing <laughs> from Oklahoma and When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> yeah, at the... <laughs> No longer functioning, like, what was, like, the Sharper Image store or something? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sharper Image where you could go in and do, like, karaoke or lay in a massage chair or do one of those things with, like, the... um, the the pins that you put on top of your hand or your face and yes. it makes an impression of your face. Yes, definitely a pre-COVID phenomenon because everyone would just put their face and their tongue in there and then walk away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to bring that back. That okay. would be what could make America great again, that and that only. Let's see how well these booster shots really work, okay? Stick your face <laughs> and your tongue in this pile of pins. <laughs> very hellraiser you know what i saw when i went to italy that was like um really a throwback is we went to this one restaurant that like my friends go to all the time called da giorgio mm-hmm. and they had a fucking whole room full of magic eye posters whoa i'm not yeah. so good at those by the way you have to first of all not be drunk i did it one night when i was drunk and one <laughs> night when i wasn't drunk Okay. Well, when I was first going to the mall, when they were first popularized, I was going to the mall as a preteen. I was not drunk. And I still was bad at that. (laughs) You're a drunk eight-year-old. You're like, I can't see the whatever, squid. (laughs) The squid. (laughs) The squid and the whale. (laughs) Um, So anyway, what's going on? What's new with you? Um, nothing is really new. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with my 
job situation because I'm supposed to have changed jobs by now, but I'm just so lazy. <laughs> totally. I've been trying to switch jobs for like, I don't know, the past 15 years yeah, ever since I, I started my job and realized it's so fucking hard and I'm always covered in different oils and sauces. I met someone recently and he's a bartender and I was like, yeah, it's time. And he was like, it's too late for us. And I was like, get out of here. <laughs> it's too late for us. <laughs> I mean, we're not 80. It, yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, I kind of think that like being in the service industry when you are 80 is kind of cooler than being in the service industry when you're not 80. Yeah, well, I can always come back to it as like my semi-retirement. I can be an 80-year-old waitress be like, what do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just need long, long, hangy boobs Mm -hmm. and like a cigarette hanging out of your mouth. And like you should probably change your name to Flo. Yeah, I think I'll be working at, it sounds like I'll be working in some sort of like amusement park restaurant because <laughs> I don't know, or like <laughs> a zoo for the elderly. <laughs> An elder zoo? Mm-hmm. Wait, okay, question about this elder zoo. Is this a zoo full of elderly people as the attraction or is it a, yeah. is it a zoo where like only old people go to look at regular animals? No, so in my mind, this is where... Young people go to look at old people reenacting the times of yore, like when restaurants still had waitresses oh. and stuff. Oh, yeah. got it, got it. Because by the time yes, I'm 80, yes. it'll be all robots, I'm assuming. Or all those, like, automated, like, sushi goes around things where you just pull the food off of the rotating circle. <laughs> yes, I love that. Like, what they pictured the future being like in the 1950s. So yeah. we're talking kind of about, like, a restoration village, but make it a restaurant. And everyone who works there... It's how you get the old people off the streets as you put them in the elder zoo. (laughs) (laughs) The elder zoo. They're like, look, kids, this is someone chopping down a tree. (laughs) These are people taking tickets at a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's great. I don't know if chopping down a tree is great for elders because their bones are so frail. Yeah, that's super dangerous. Speaking of taking tickets at a movie... I love Copple Hill Cinema. Like, it really is a wonderful, cute little movie theater. It's so nice that it's in my neighborhood. I really, really love it. I support it. I go all the time. However, Uh they are, like, the one holdout movie theater that still fucking checks your bag. Oh, they do? so annoying. I hate it. And the other day, like, they almost didn't let me into the movies because I was like, no, you can't look in my bag. They're like, well, you might have snacks. (laughs) I was like, I don't have any snacks. I don't have any snacks. I have a gun, but I don't have any snacks. I have a bazooka (laughs) and a dildo. (laughs) Sir and ma'am. Yeah, I like to use my dildo during the movie theater time. It's fine. (laughs) I like to use my dildo at the movie. I'm sorry if that's a problem for you. You guys don't sell dildos here, so I didn't think it was like What do you want me to do about it? Yeah, I had to bring my own. What do you want me to dildo about it? <laughs> I feel like the chain movie theaters do check your bag, though. Like, the big AMC theaters and stuff. I think they're checking your bag for, like, chainsaws and, like, AIDS needles. No, they're definitely checking for snacks, too. Because they're like, you, yeah, yes. we don't want you to pay a reasonable price for these Twizzlers. We want you to pay three times as much, like you're at the airport. <laughs> yeah, we want you to pay $27 for Twizzlers and a diet root beer. And that's what we're going to do at the Elder Zoo, too. No snacks from outside. (laughs) (laughs) This is a vintage rule. 
(laughs) (laughs) But like I got into a thing with them and like I don't really like to like cause a fuss with people. But like I really was like, dude, like you're going to look in my bag. You're a teenager. There was something about this like 15 year old like asking to go through me like an 87-year-old woman's bag. And it just felt like so disrespectful. I was yeah, like, no. and you probably and have some like butterscotch hard candy in there and you forgot about it. And that's not an issue, okay? <laughs> yeah, I have a bunch of Werther's originals. Okay, here's my question about checking your bag at the movie theater. Okay, so what if I just went food shopping before and I had like a can of tomato soup or like creamy gravy or like mm-hmm. mm, a bunch of garlic heads of garlic or something or raw onion like at what point are they like you're not going to eat this you know what I mean like someone could eat a raw onion during the movie if that's like what they like or do (laughs) they they take the raw onion or do they only take twizzlers I think that they only take twizzlers but I'm not sure I think we would have to get them on to let us know next time I go I'm going to bring a bottle of olive oil (laughs) and see what they say and just be like hmm and like a can of tuna and one can of tuna and one single packet of mayonnaise. Yeah, and then I'm going to eat the tuna in the movie theater and get attacked by the by the other guests. There's something very humorous to me to someone using a can opener in a dark movie theater. <laughs> well, we've talked about before, right? Like, what are the worst things you can eat in the movie? Yeah. <clears throat> and that would be one of them, like a can of oily tuna mm, that you yes. have to open with a can opener. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you imagine? just open it beforehand and put it in a Tupperware? I don't know. I guess you're just running to the store right before. <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> and you have to buy the can opener. I mean, I guess like also like bananas foster would be a bad one to have uh, in the movie Any theater. flaming dessert of any kind would be a problem. Because <laughs> also then you dousing it with liquor and then setting it on fire in a theater. You okay? So next time I go to Cabo Hill Movie Theater, I'm gonna bring two bananas, a pint of ice cream, some rum, mm-hmm. overproof rum, and a blowtorch, and I'm gonna see if they think that I have the wherewithal <laughs> to use these things and make myself a bananas foster. Here's my question: theater. If you know, back in the day when you were allowed to smoke inside at the movies, could you have a flaming dessert in there? Like, was that also like was anything on fire allowed back then, or just cigarettes? <laughs> that's a really great question and also what about like pipes could you smoke like a pipe in the movie theater i don't know despite the fact that i'm in the elder zoo i wasn't quite old enough to remember what the deal was at smoking inside the movie theater the elder zoo (laughs) i love it speaking of elderly people do you have any news about um old gross celebrities this week well that's really sad that you say that because yes loretta lynn has died Oh, I just saw that, yeah. <laughs> she was old as hell. She was fucking old as dirt. She was 90. <clears throat> R.I.P. Loretta Lynn. You know, it's actually really weird. I put on Loretta Lynn radio the other, like, two days ago, randomly. And that's why she died. I'm a psychic. I cursed her. <laughs> She's like, I can't take it anymore. I don't want to have to sing this live song every time someone puts me on Spotify. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's in the elders or she doesn't know how Spotify works. She sings it for every, every time. Live. <laughs> Oh, I do have some news about Ben and Jen, the only celebrities for us. Um, Apparently, they're struggling to settle into their marital life. It is mayhem, according to the news. (laughs) 
This just in from the wires of the Associated <clears throat> Press. Mayhem at the, a Fleck house. I'm like, why would it be mayhem? They're both old and they have children. I'm pretty sure it's fine. And they have plenty of servants to just do all the mayhemy stuff for them. They're like, excuse me, there's mayhem over here. Come help us clean it up. I'm like, what could, I'm like, if a normal couple gets married and moves in together quickly, you know, there's like issues with like, oh, I like to have my smoothie in the morning and it's super loud and it's blender, but they live in like a 400 room mansion and their servants do all of their smoothie making for them. So what could go wrong? Like, what could they possibly even fight about? Except for like the fact that he smokes in the movie theater and she doesn't like it. She probably thinks that's charming. Mm. Um, the other Affleck. news about the Afflex is that they went out to breakfast and Jennifer Lopez wore a black suit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. That's serious for breakfast, though. Do you think that's like a little I, serious? Yes, that's true. It's also crazy to me to go out for breakfast, but whatever you guys want to do is fine. Oh, that's true. I haven't been... First of all, I don't really fuck with breakfast. Yeah. But... If I do, it's like to eat some peanut butter with sea salt out of the jar. And they don't serve that at a breakfast restaurant. So I usually stay away from breakfast. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I like a diner breakfast. And I have gone out to breakfast before, but it's just not, yeah, it's not really my thing. But going out to breakfast is, yeah, there's two kinds of people in the world. People who go out to breakfast and people who think people who go out to breakfast are lame. Right. But the people who go out to breakfast are married and we are single. So maybe we should start going out to breakfast more. That's true. It's just like, who wants to eat ketchup that early in the morning? And that's what I always feel about breakfast. Good call. Yeah. Well, it depends on what time. You know, if you go out to breakfast at like 10, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, we dodged our check one time at IHOP when I was like 16 years old <laughs> and they like caught us. And I feel like I was so traumatized. I'm not sure I've been out to breakfast since. Well, that is your fault, though. I know. It was, like, so fucking stupid. We're just like, we'll get out of here. But then we had to, like, turn around in the parking lot. We thought you could get out the other side of the parking lot. We couldn't. And there was, like, just this, like, angry, like, manager. It was probably, like, 23, like, shaking his fist at us. And we're like, yes. should we run him over? He's like, you <laughs> damn kids. <laughs> um, that reminds me. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but it's still one of my favorite stories. Is When I worked at Pizza Hut in high school, it was, like, a proper Pizza Hut restaurant. I was the host there. Um, And they had waitresses um, or servers, whatever. Um, As people like dined and dashed um, Mm -hmm. and the manager didn't totally realize it at the time. It's because like, so she, they left their leftovers on the table. So she ran after them into the parking lot and like knocked on their car window and they're like, oh no, we're caught. And she's like, here, you forgot your leftovers and just handed (laughs) them to them. And went back inside. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. That's the greatest story of all time. Thank God for for her. So good. Um, Yeah, I dined and dashed last night as well. What? Went out to dinner. No, I'm just kidding. But I think I like, I think it would be really fun to dine and dash at like Carbone or somewhere that's like so fucking like lame and full of itself and like overpriced. Like I think we should like bring back dining and dashing at like corporate restaurants, like anything in, in the major food group family. Yeah, well, it's a great way to save money. It's a great way to save money and <laughs> stick it to the man and their million dollar fucking like so investors. I had a table recently and I must have told them I was from New York. I you know, well, I mean it just, just happens, I think, but like you serve a bunch of people, and, like, this was even the same night that they came over to me, and they were like, hey, we just have one question for you. Is Carbone worth it? And I was like, 
How do Ew. you know that you can ask me that question? Do we know each other? Because <laughs> I <laughs> forgot that I had waited on them moments before. <clears throat> You're like, that's a really personal question. <laughs> also, I was like, how do you, I guess you can just tell by my outfit that I'm from New York. Um, <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, they asked me if it was worth it. I told them that it was, and I was like, it's the total experience, not just the, you know, not just the food. Yeah, I mean, the food's like, whatever. It's fun to go there. I haven't been in years. The first time I went to Carbone, I went with an ex-boyfriend of mine who you know who I'm gonna, who I'm talking about, <laughs> but I won't besmirch them on the on the radio stations. Um, but they fell asleep in the middle of the meal at the table. <laughs> Um, as we were getting our fluke entree, very embarrassing. Mm, And then the second time I went, um, I went with like a bunch of people from Brucey, like uh, Jenny and Megan Sclero and maybe Kara. And like, we were the last ones in the restaurant and then like the owners were sitting next to us and like, it was one of their birthdays and they started taking shots and smoking cigarettes inside, which I'm sorry, I think is fucking super rude and disgusting. We were still eating. And I say this as someone who sometimes does smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and then one of the owners vomited and it like splashed up and hit us. And they sent over limoncello mm. to apologize. Lemoncello. I'm like, homie, you just vomited on one of your customers. You guys are all sitting around smoking cigarettes. Our meal costs like $800. Like, yeah. is this a joke? Fucking comp the meal if you vomit on one of your guests. You're on blast. Carbone, if you're listening. Carbone. <laughs> Yo, Carbone, if you're listening, you owe me fucking $800. Oh, man. Anyway, they need to have like a... Rigatoni. They need to have like a BOGO kind of thing. Buy one, get one. Or... What Carbone could also do to make things a little bit more accessible for people is do what Olive Garden does and have never-ending possibles. Yeah, exactly. Because that, I mean, (laughs) implies, obviously, like, when you're here, you actually are family. And, I mean, do you have to eat the pasta at the table? Can you take it home? I don't know. I am don't know, actually. I I can't remember. But I do know that the Olive Garden, this is the first time since COVID, since they brought back the never-ending possibles. They're back, baby. Get yourself over to the Olive Garden, our sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, and this show is brought to you by Unlimited Soup Salad and Breadsticks. <laughs> I've never been to an Olive Garden. Well, I enjoy Olive Garden. You know, I, there's so many, like, there's so much Italian America. I mean, I've been to every other, like, shitty chain restaurant under the sun. Um, but there's so much Italian American food where I grew up in Long Island that we just, like, never went to Olive Garden because there was, like, you know what I mean, always, like, an Italian place to go to around. Yeah, they have... Um... Really good salad dressing. What is it like? Vinegary? It's just like a, yeah, an Italian vinaigrette. It's like an Italian stallion. Okay, speaking of Italians, um, I we're going to start today's topic, which is Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we have Oprah part two today, folks. Um, so let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do part two Oprah. Okay, bye. This week on Heritage Radio Network's Meet and Three, we're spilling secrets. Do you know what is in that makes it banned? I do not, other than it being a proprietary blend of something that's supposed to be performance enhancing. If you go through the drive through in reverse, so your car is fully backwards, you get a free chocolate shake. Tune in to Meet and Three, available wherever you get your podcasts. 
<laughs> and guess what, folks? We are back. That's right. And here we are to talk about Oprah yet again. Why? Because why not? Why not? Why not? It's wine o'clock somewhere, so why not talk about Oprah wine free? Wine forever. <laughs> free winona. Um, okay, so I got a lot of this information from an article in Elle magazine. Um, I got some of it from Oprah, uh, from Oprah Winfrey. Oh my god, from Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I Oprah got Winfrey some of it. herself. <clears throat> I got most of my information from interviewing Oprah the other day, <laughs> and my was it a delight? <laughs> I jumped on her couch. I rubbed my shoes into her fine linens and. Uh, that's Amore. Okay, so this is going to, like, focus on, like, Oprah's dieting over the years. And not to, like, poke any fun at her for dieting, but, like, she's made some pretty big mistakes when it comes to, like, how she's talked about weight and fat people. And she's done some, like, mm, pretty questionable things. And one of the worst, I mean, the worst thing I think that she's done what she's admittedly said she's very embarrassed about is um when she lost a ton of weight in 1988 she pulls out on one of her shows a wagon of gloppy animal fat yeah i remember that yeah 67 pounds and the episode is called diet dreams come true um and she's like you know this is how much weight i lost look at all this like disgusting fat It was just like such a time like in the 80s, 90s, 2000s. I mean, we're just coming to some kind of consciousness around like not fat shaming people and not like talking like that. But like when you think about that now, it's so cruel, you know? Yeah, but the 80s, like we didn't start really because even we were talking about the celebrity, you know, terrible celebrity gossip in the early 2000s. People were still very comfortably shaming people for not weighing only six pounds. (laughs) Totally. And I mean, it actually still does exist today, despite the fact that like, you know, the cultural zeitgeist certainly supports like body positivity more. Like it definitely is still everywhere. It's Mm -hmm. just like kind of, it's just sneaky now. Now it's kind of like, I feel like you see people on Instagram and stuff being like, it doesn't matter what size you are. Any, it's not about working out or losing weight. It's about health. It's about wellness. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but it's not really for these people. It's about being thin and they just like, don't want to say it. Yes. But anyway. So the wagon of fat is terrible. So she tells people magazine in 1991, she was on this like diet where she was eating. I think it was like, she was literally starving. She was mm-hmm. having like 700 calories a day for like four months to lose that amount of weight whoa yeah like that is actual literal like starvation like you're truly starving your body you can't exist on 700 calories a day in just liquid for that amount of time like you're gonna eventually get really sick um so she tells people magazine in 1991 quote i thought i was cured and that's just not true you have to find a way to live in the world with food so she actually like she thought she was cured what a weird way of talking about it i know it's so strange So, like, she even, like, was supposed to go on some, like, lavish, like, French vacation or, like, some kind of European vacation with her friends after this whole diet thing was kind of over. And she, like, canceled the whole vacation because she didn't want to be around tempted by food. Like, it's just sad. You know what I mean? Like, 
don't know, but it's just too bad to be like so successful and like, you know, kind of achieving all these things you like worked for in your career and just feeling so like pressured to be thin. You know? And also like whoever, like she didn't come up with this idea on her own. So like whoever was like helping her through this with like a nutritionist or whatever. Yeah. Was also to blame because this is like not a healthy or sustainable way to like lose weight. So of course it's terrible, but like there's like clips of her being on like Johnny Carson and like Johnny Carson talking about like how she was like so much bigger and like her shaming herself in front of Johnny, like, Oh, I was disgusting. And like, to be fair and to give her like a break, like it must be very difficult to have your, physical appearance constantly being scrutinized you know what I mean like all the time and you know who amongst us like especially at that time in history would feel like above you know what I mean like if someone says like I'll be completely honest like even as a thin person like I feel like I feel really like butthurt if somebody like was to say something about me that like I didn't look good or I looked like heavy or something I don't want to be that person but it would upset me you know what I mean yeah um so I mean I can't imagine if the whole world was saying it so like I understand but this was not the right way to deal with it by like because then it's kind of like and I was listening to maintenance phase and they were talking about this by doing that you're then like being like oh, I escaped, like, now I'm not like you right. fat people anymore. You know what I mean? I'm better. I got I got out of, like, a cult or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, saying cured still kind of shocks me, you know? Yeah, totally. It's, I mean, and that's a couple years later, and that's, like, her. Okay, so then she says, like, later on, big, 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 big mistake. Yeah. Winfrey recently told Entertainment Tonight, when I look at the show, I think it was one of the biggest ego trips of my life. I had literally starved myself for four months, not a morsel of food. Two hours after that show, I started eating to celebrate. And of course, within two days, those jeans no longer fit. So then there's like a mad TV sketch that like goes on like in the 90s about like Oprah, like, like, just like being aggro and needing to eat and like, I don't know just like really bad. I mean, people have always just given her such a hard time about her weight and just thinking about how that used to be like, okay, like on late night and on like sketch shows and stuff, like talking about women's bodies and like making fun of them for eating a lot of food. Like, isn't that like so weird to think about now? Yeah. It's just, and it was just normal. Yeah. It was totally normal. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, again, a lot, I have a lot of empathy for Oprah, basically being teased like bullied and teased all the time but I mean okay so um around 1995 after years of yo-yo dieting this is a quote from her I finally realized that being grateful to my body whatever shape it was in was key to giving more love to myself although I'd made the connection intellectually living it was a different story Um, and she goes on to say in another interview, quote, I've been dieting since 1977. The reason I failed is that diets don't work. I tell people if you're underweight, go on a diet and you'll gain everything you lost plus more. Now I'm trying to find a way to live in the world with food without being controlled by it, without being a compulsive eater. That's why I say I'll never diet again. When was that? This was in 1995. Did she never diet again? 
I mean, I think would she she subscribes to kind of more of like a holistic, like healthy eating. I mean, she did Weight Watchers. She's the spokesperson for Weight Watchers. I mean, that's kind of a diet, right? Yeah. A very weird dietish. I mean, I don't want to talk shit if anyone like does Weight Watchers, but what I know of it is that it's a quite a quite a strange situation. So this is from the fashioncult.com. The headline of this article is Weight Nazi Anna Winter made Oprah <laughs> crash diet for Vogue cover. Really? Yes. So this is in, um, I think it's in 2000, oh no, 1998. So this article says, quote, Vogue editor-in-chief Anna Wintour was on 60 Minutes yesterday, and according to reports in an unaired portion of the interview, the fashion maven revealed that she told the media giant Oprah Winfrey to drop 20 pounds before her 1998 Vogue cover. Wintour says, quote, it was a very gentle suggestion, she said laughing. I went to Chicago to visit Oprah, and I suggested that it might be an idea that she lose a little weight. I said simply that you might feel more comfortable. She was a trooper. She totally welcomed the idea, and she went on a very stringent diet, and it was one of our most successful covers ever. <clears throat> That's depressing. Yes. Later in the interview, Wintour goes on to talk shit about the weight of people in Minnesota, calling them, quote, little houses, and asserts that people in the U.S. are more concerned over anorexia than obesity. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Anna Wintour, historically not great about um, <laughs> about people's weight. <laughs> yes, correct. Wacky. Also, I recently listened to a maintenance phase episode about Carl Lagerfeld, and apparently he had a diet book. Really? Which is psychotic, yes. The diet was to drink, like, rabbit broth, and that's it. Probably and, very effective. And he was, like, a horrible person and extremely racist, and he's the theme of the Met Gala this year, which is super problematic. Um, okay, so... In 2015, Oprah buys a 10% stake in Weight Watchers for $43 million. Whoa. According to the New York Times Magazine, the company had extended many invitations to Winfrey over the years to get involved with the company, but it wasn't until she had gained 17 pounds while nursing a sprained ankle that she decided it was the right time in July. So, Poor yeah, Oprah. She, I know. I I feel bad that she, like is so plagued by this. And I don't want to like be like, why is she plagued? But like, I understand. I completely understand. I empathize. I sympathize. But I just feel bad for her. You know what I mean? Well, she such yes. a, like, But she's also I, super rich. <laughs> she's a billionaire, so I also hate her. Um, but she's but still a human love, being. Which is why I love her. No, she's like a caring, wonderful person, billionaire. So it's the jury's still out. So then I'm going to talk about now we're going to talk about Dr. Oz, your favorite doctor. Oh, my truly my favorite doctor. Is he even really a doctor? <laughs> he is. He has his doctorate in, I don't know. I was going to try to think of something funny, but I can't even because he's so disgusting. <laughs> um, so celebrity doctor, Dr. Oz, who became popular on Oprah, um, has something he calls the Oz-approved seven-day crash diet where you, quote, feast on nutrient-dense foods, you can lose weight faster and more efficiently. The goal of this crash diet, it's called a literal crash diet, is to dive right in, making habits you learn in the recipe in the next seven days part of the healthy, sustainable lifestyle. So that's like another 
like really bad bill of goods that they try to sell you with crash diets is that like oh yeah you're gonna do this crash diet and like you're not gonna stay on this forever but you'll like learn things you know what I mean and then you'll like integrate that into your like normal living so okay is Dr. Oz is like a regular doctor and Dr. Phil is like a psychologist or something yeah Dr. Phil is a psychologist and Dr. Oz is a gynecologist okay he is (laughs) No, but it's funny to think about. He looks like a gynecologist. Um, well, sure. Um, so doctor, okay, are they on, like, do they cross over? Or is one kind of, like, on and then? No, they they hate each other. They do? No, I don't know. But it would be funny if they fought to the death. It'd be like a celebrity <laughs> death match. I bet there might be Yes. One. Oh, my God, a river celebrity death match? Yeah. Whoa, that is, like, a real throwback. <laughs> I haven't thought of that in days. Um, Okay, so Dr. Oz says in this diet, you can eat all you want and still lose weight in just seven days, but you have to stick to the foods with the highest amount of nutrients, such as fruits, vegetables, seeds, nuts, whole grains, and legumes. Meat and dairy consumption are restricted due to their high content of saturated fat. Oh, Dr. Oz, we have debunked the myth around fat long ago. You are late to the party. Um. So 2017, in an article in the East Bay Times, another year, quote, another year, another Oprah Winfrey tale about amazing weight loss. The media superstar has famously gone on diets throughout much of her career, has revealed that her new Weight Watchers program helps her lose 26 pounds. Um, And she says, this was a joy for me. And in the new video, you probably remember this. She goes, I love bread. I love bread. She loves bread. And she like lets the world know it. I love bread too, also. I fucking also love bread. Like, just earlier today, I was talking about bread eating with somebody, (laughs) and I was, like, thinking about it after the conversation. I'm like, I fucking love bread. Like, (laughs) I love croissants. I fucking, like, love a baguette. I love focaccia. Mm. I love pita bread. Oh, yeah. Although bad pita is such a disappointment. Yeah, bad pita is like a dry sponge. But good pita is nice. (laughs) Um, is a tortilla bread? Kind of. It's like a, a flat flour bread. tortilla, like Jess. I don't know. I like cornbread. I like Irish soda bread. Wow. I like challah. Just in time and for St. Patrick's Day. Challah! <laughs> no Irish soda bread. <laughs> I think Irish people, like, tend to prefer challah bread to Irish soda bread. Okay, Winfrey says that the genius of Weight Watchers is it doesn't force clients to into serious self-denial. Um, she says, I now just manage it, so I don't deny myself bread. I have bread every day of my life. Okay, good for you. You love bread, we get it. <laughs> She's um, obviously working for big bread. She, yes, somebody's <laughs> the coolest thing since sliced bread. So Weight Watchers, like, rebrands as WW. When? WWF. No, it's just WW in 2018. Okay, well, fine, I guess. Whatever they want to do. For the millennials? Is is it for them? (laughs) Well, yeah, it is for the millennials because... They don't have time to say two words? (laughs) No, because they want to move away from, like, weight and watchers and so the letters attached to the tagline are wellness that works not wellness watchers wellness (laughs) watchers wellness washers (laughs) 
<laughs> wellness walkers. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, they're trying to like rebrand themselves because people are now like moving away from like wanting to like talk about weight as a, though it's like a negative, which is a great thing. And Weight Watchers is obviously behind the curve. And they also kind of do the same thing of being like, oh, this isn't like a diet. This is about wellness. This is about like feeling good in your body, whatever size you are and taking care of yourself. And it's like, okay, your company's called Weight Watchers. Don't fucking KFC us. We see you. <laughs> um. So anyway, this is like, I was going to talk a lot about Weight Watchers, but I'm going to kind of skip it because it's really boring and dry. And I have like four, <laughs> you mean four w- pages. WWF. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, Oprah, the, in closing, Oprah has just had like a pretty gnarly time, I think, finding the right way to talk about something that like can be talked about. Like people struggle with self-acceptance is... I think a thing that we should talk about more, you know what I mean? And like how painful it can be to like spend our precious time on this earth, constantly picking ourselves apart for what feels like perceived culturally as like imperfections or, and like being body positive is really a great thing because, you know, we all have like, we just have this little bit of time and it sucks to like, I mean, I know for myself and I think most people I know have had some sort of obsession with this at some time, just like constantly thinking about your body and like, and freaking out about it at different points in our lives. And I don't know. I just think I wish that she had used her platform more to talk about that and what it does to us psychologically and how it is like, you know, really difficult and sad that we do that as a culture rather than like, I don't know, fat shaming other people, but I guess, you know, that's, she did the best she could at the time. Yeah. And I don't even know if people were ready to hear that, you know, like if she had been doing that back, like in the eighties, would people have even like been receptive to it? I wonder. Yeah. I think it was, I think that's like wishful thinking a bit. Cause I think it's a conversation that like the public very much wasn't ready for. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, I think shaming someone for doing something like that in that time, like, yes, it's shameful when you look back at it now and see her pulling a wagon of fat. But like, if she had like actually known better at the time, I think she would have done better. Like, I think like she did what she thought was helpful at the time. I really do earnestly believe that like Oprah has like good intentions and she had good intentions then sure you know it's sad that it manifested that way because that is like so sending the wrong message and it's like self-hating and it's like hating of fat people and it's just not correct but um yeah I think if she had like known how offensive that was then she wouldn't have done it you know and I think we all do things when we don't know any better that are fucking kind of heinous when you look back on them you know yeah definitely and it was just like, yeah, the times are different and it's good that we shifted, but <clears throat> also now Oprah's old and she's probably at the elder zoo anyway, so she can't really <laughs> come back and say She sorry. is at the elder zoo. Oh my God, <laughs> we should start an elder zoo. Folks, this is going to be our last episode. Nicole and I are going to put all our energy into our new passion project, the elder zoo. Her elder zoo will be like daytime talk show because do they even have those anymore? I guess Drew Barrymore has a daytime talk show. Yeah, Drew Barrymore has a daytime talk show. 
Um, doesn't Bethany Frankel have like a daytime talk show? No idea. Or she did like back in the day. In back in the daytime. Do you remember the Rosie O'Donnell show? Yeah. Do you remember that she also had like her own like magazine? Rosie magazine? I think so. Or no, I guess maybe there was just a crossover magazine cover with both Rosie O'Donnell and Oprah on it. And I remember it because I had to go to the doctor one time, a long time ago. It's really old. And they're both just like hiding behind like a red curtain, but it looks like they're kind of naked behind it. It's very strange. (laughs) That's sexy. Yeah. I want to see that. I actually think I posted it on my Instagram 100 years ago. Okay, I'm going to go back and scroll through your past <laughs> and get on, instead of just Googling it. Yeah, don't do that. Just make, please, someone go to my profile and look at my grade. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, I don't really know what we do for a top three. I mean, like I could say top three favorite Oprah moments, but I'm not really so much of a, like, a watcher of the show. I'd have to say, like, of course, my favorite Oprah moment is Tom Cruise trying to electrocute her with his demon energy. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep her with his demon energy <laughs> dude all I can think of when I think of the Tom Cruise jumping on the couch thing is the like gif of like him doing that and grabbing her hands but it's like lightning shooting through his hands oh into her. Wait, I have seen <laughs> I have seen that one <laughs> it's uh, so funny it's pretty good Yes, it's absolutely incredible. And um, and then, like, you know, you get a new car and you get a new car and you get a new car. I mean, who doesn't love to get a new car, am I right? Yes, I do love to get new cars. Um, I would like to have one right now. Um, Me too. Well, I guess we don't even have to have a top three Oprah moments. We just be like, Oprah, we see you. Thanks for everything. Julie Bye. Newmar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so... A couple years ago, people were talking about Oprah running for president. And this was like very popular amongst like neoliberals. Like, yay, Oprah's going to be president. And I'm like, why do we want like another celebrity billionaire president with no experience? Like, why is it okay just because it's Oprah? You know what I mean? Well, because she is like America's sweetheart. Yeah, I know. I like, I mean, we're going to get canceled for talking shit on Oprah. But I mean, I like <laughs> Oprah a lot. And like, Oprah, if you're listening, please come on the show. But I don't think she should be the president. Well, I don't think she thinks that either. So what, that's why she never ran. Oh, okay. I also, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I guess I would have preferred her to Joe Biden. Yeah, well, what can we do? Experience doesn't get you everything. How old is Oprah? Uh, I think she's probably like 65. Okay, well then that's good. A young person. We need to get a young person in the president's office. A 65-year-old. <laughs> a young 65-year-old spring chicken. Either a young person or Bernie Sanders, who is young at heart, but very old in the face. Although I'm attracted to him. Okay. <laughs> I've said this before on the show. I find Bernie Sanders attractive and not just because I think he's... Not just because cool. of his personality, but because of his raw physicality. I like him for his hunky looks. <laughs> okay, well, that you're entitled to your opinion. I think he's smoking lava hot. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> and that's why I want him to be president, because I finally want there to be a hot president. <laughs> for once. <laughs> for once in my life. I mean, Obama was hot, but not as hot as Bernie Sanders. Yeah, let's be honest. Um, Okay, well, folks, that feels like enough. Um, 
Nicole, do you have anything else to say? Anything else to add? No, I don't. Okay, thanks for coming to the Oprah episode. We'll be back next week with part three. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to mention Oprah on this show ever again, I swear. Um, but no, this was very fun and uh, a real pleasure to see you. I'm here at my mom's house today. I just got here and it's fucking cold. And I want to leave you guys all with a question, which is why do our parents refuse to ever turn on the heat? Because they want to save money. Okay, that makes sense. I just thought maybe like when you get older and you go to the elder zoo, like your blood is hotter or something. Yeah, at the elder zoo, nobody has the heat on and the room temperature <laughs> is 60 degrees. I just turned the heat up to like 97. <laughs> I always do that at my dad's house and he gets so mad at me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. I already know it. I feel it happening. But he already, he's always just heat. like, put on a jacket. And I'm like, I'm inside. <laughs> yeah, like there's nothing worse than feeling like crunched up and freezing like inside the house. It's like almost colder than being outside because the expectation is that you'll be warm. Right. Your brain understands you're going to be cold out there. Exactly. All right. Well, on that note, folks, um, hasta la pasta, and may you all get a free new car. Bye. Life's a Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.